The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Hey y'all, thanks so much for joining us today. This is Authentically You, social interaction for the mind and soul. You're listening to Society Bites Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Himmer, along with my lovely wife, Sherry, and a good friend of ours, TJ Hoisington, who's becoming a regular on this show. We are really grateful TJ's in the studio with us. So for the next 25 minutes or so, we're going to talk about healing and growth from the inside out. Remember, you are 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being. And we're going to finally get to the expectations. You're scary, Sherry. (laughs) Am I putting on my pirate face? My wife uh, had an unfortunate experience recently and had three retinal tears. And so she had a little bit of a procedure done in her eye. And so she's her eyes looks like I hit her with a left hook. It's and much just, better than it did. Oh, yeah, it's so. a lot better. But it's good to have you here. So today we want to talk about expectations. TJ, it's really good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. So in the expectations model, this all came about years ago. We were doing addiction recovery. Remember, I was doing the, the communication mm-hmm. thing. And we started, and I realized what was happening is that Just explain, we were facilitating addiction recovery for um, a church organization as volunteers. I didn't have a problem with them thinking I was in addiction recovery. (laughs) I'm still in addiction recovery. (laughs) A little clarification goes a long way. Um, And so I talked about the idea that too often we get stuck in this mindset of expectations. So I gave them very colorful scientific names, expectation A, and expectation B. They come in two forms. <laughs> two forms. Expectation A, it's your credit report. It's the way it's always been. It's always going to be that way. Expectation B is my immaculate perception. It's how I think you should behave. So let's, how can we explain, like, if you know your spouse always leaves their dirty socks at the end of the bed, Actually, they're on the floor. Or on the floor. Yeah. Well, right next to the that's bed. What at, yeah. You know, in, in a spot. And they're always going to be in your way. That's expectation A. You can always expect that your spouse is going to behave in an X amount of way, leaving the socks. Well, okay, expectation let me, let me B is that one day they they're should gonna... just clean it up themselves. Right. 
with no other prompting, right. just they should do it because they should, because you're thinking that way. So that's just That's exactly what just happened with a client of mine. Mm. She came in here and she was fit to be tied. Yeah. She was, she was on a rodeo. She had a lasso. She was going to take no hostages. And so I asked her, I said, now let me make sure. How long have you been married? She said, 15 years. I said, all right. Has he always done that? Yeah, for all 15 years. I said, so if I got it right, last night when you went to bed, he's always done it this way, right? She goes, yes. I said, so this morning when you got up, what changed? She goes, well, nothing. I says, but you want him to change? Yeah. And because he didn't change, even though he's been doing it for 15 years, you're now ticked off at him. She goes, well, yeah, I guess when you say it that way, kind of, I feel kind of stupid, right? I said, well, isn't that what an expectation is? Setting ourselves up for frustration because they don't act the way we want them to behave? At the root of every frustrated feeling we have is some form of expectation. Now, we talk about expectations and positives. So obviously, this is on a slant towards the negative. But an expectation is something that hasn't happened that you are projecting will. Yes, that can be turned to a positive side. But there's this other side that can right. leave us disappointed and frustrated and and, and just in tears. So I'm going to read a story. Okay. Um, this story comes from a Dr. John Lund, who both of us admire. Um, he's written a number of books. The one I gave you that I like the most is Hugging a Porcupine. Or How to Hug a Porcupine. Uh, how to Hug a Porcupine. Yeah, How to Deal with Toxic People. It's right. actually excellent read. Um, and so I'm going to tell a story that he actually told us personally. Um, and then, TJ, I'm going to go to you then. I said, I would like a little feedback on what you're seeing out of this story. So I'm going to read for the most part because it's right out of his my memories from his story. So he writes the following. Um, one school day, and this is John's own experience. So he says his mother comes from a long line of mind readers. She and her sisters could prepare a full Thanksgiving meal without so much as exchanging a single word, right down to setting the table. So in other words, he'd see his mother and his, and his aunts in the kitchen. They'd do Thanksgiving, and they wouldn't say a word to each other about anything other than the weather, and they would know exactly what to do because they could read each other's mind. Mm -hmm. One school day afternoon, John was in the living room doing homework. His father's sitting in the reading chair, and he's got a paper in front of him. And John heard his mom sniffing vigorously in the kitchen. <laughs> Since he grew up with his mother, he was clued into her mind-reading expectations. His father, who I can only imagine is an engineer, that's just yeah, my take, right? He never said, said that. That's just my take. His father, on the other hand, had no clue to what meant. <laughs> so from the kitchen, she goes, honey, talking to the husband, the trash smells funny. Get so up. she's ramped up from sniffing to, okay, the trash smells funny. Yeah. So what's happening in this space? Because John's watching this. He's a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. And so the mother's in the kitchen asking the father a question. There's no, no call to action with the question, right? This, the trash feels funny. He goes, uh-huh, without even breaking his concentration on the paper. He missed the sniff completely. <laughs> he, he, he heard that the trash was emitting a foul odor, but the meaning behind it never reached his space. John knew exactly what was happening and chose silence. Honey, came a louder reply. Can't you smell the trash? It's awful. <laughs> nope. Can't smell it, dear. Dad stoically muttered. And he wasn't being sarcastic. 
a few more minutes went by. John knows what the end results will look like, but he decides to play it out to a bitter end. Sweetheart, didn't you hear me asking you to take the trash out? Came an exacerbated call from the kitchen. Uh, no, dear, you didn't ask me to take out the trash. You seemed concerned about its putrid smell, but no, no, you didn't ask me to remove the trash, was her husband's honest and non-sarcastic reply. He was not playing a joke or making fun of his wife. That's the point, she complained. It stinks. And I asked you to take the trash out. Uh, no, you didn't, dear. You complained that it was stinking up the kitchen, but you never asked me to take out the garbage, he answered. But that's what I meant. Now, you can see John's watching this whole thing happening, right? He, oh, what's that, dear? You want what? <laughs> he sincerely asked. She says, I want you to take out the garbage. To which his father replied, hey, Johnny, your mom wants you to take the garbage out. Go do it now. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like communication a lot of families, right? We're really good communicators when we talk this way. But it's all based upon a set of expectations. And mom coming in with this immaculate expectations that they'll know what she wants based off her sniffing style, whatever. You know, it's just like, that's crazy making. We set ourselves up for a lot of frustration so, TJ, what's your take on that? Is that the first time you've heard that story? It's the first time I've heard that story. <laughs> but I can see that. I'm with you. Um, I can see that in a lot of relationships, right? I, I know that in the beginning of my marriage, I just, I this story reminded me of the fact that I would constantly tell my wife, I cannot read your mind. That if you want something or me to do something specifically, just, just be straight up with me. Tell me exactly what you want. And expectations are real you guys are using the term expectations <clears throat> we have different levels of beliefs right and one of those is rules we have a rule mm -hmm. about certain things and oh, how it should work right yeah. so like what i'm just implied saying, rules right yeah well, well well no but literal rules right i call them secondary rules which are what does it mean to be a good partner or what does it mean to be spiritual Right, to two different people, that can mean some, two totally different things. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like the last segment, I was sitting in a little bit. Yeah, you have to find if there's compatibility there. Right. Right, because, because two people may have a belief or a rule that to be spiritual is important. But what it means to be spiritual could be totally two different things. In practice. In practice. But mm -hmm. that's why I define the word love. That's why I asked you so many questions when we were dating, because I knew her family of origin was so different than mine. Mm -hmm. And so when we're talking to people, and what I find in a scenario such as what you and your bride experienced initially, um, and I get that a lot in my office, where they literally want the other person to know. So I, a quick story. My, my youngest sister's first wedding anniversary I get a phone call she's not only livid but she's in tears she says my husband forgot our wedding anniversary I said okay now, I didn't know you know so she's going on she says but he doesn't love me I said well this will sound rude and I don't mean it to but did you remind him that it was coming up he's after all a farmer from Idaho and he's kind of an engineer type of thinking, right? She goes, well, no, because if he doesn't remember, he doesn't love me. I said, well, that's interesting. So there's a rule. If yeah. you don't remember or if you don't read my mind, you don't love me enough. And I'm going to say this is so sexist, but women are at fault for believing that rule. 
I think it must be in like one of those Hallmark movies or something like that. We all watched. We all watched this chick flick that men will read our mind and that's a true sign of love. False. Wrong. Wrong. What Hallmark movie would show that? I don't know. It just I, there's something in our culture that has taught women that if you're cherished and loved, it means that someone will do things for you without asking, that you don't have to ask for it. Wow, that makes Well, okay, is that's that scary a, that's scary from our that, that is, scary. That yeah. is not a good setup. Right. It you're only going to disappoint. What man wants to engage with a woman that has a, that kind of expectation be, which is totally an immaculate perception. Right. I'm going to live in my immaculate world and you have to somehow come and satisfy me and you won't know what it is. So go for it. Who wants to do that? Hmm. So what what I continued the conversation and she settled down. And I said, look, at what do you want for your... And we also did the birthday thing because he'd forgot her birthday already. So this was strike two. And I said, all right, um, what is it that you want? And I, I used the birthday in this one. I said, what do you want for your birthday? And she said, I want this and this and this. I said, all right, does he know that? And there's a, a complete pause on the phone. She goes, well, no, he didn't even remember my birthday. I said, well, what have you done to avoid getting frustrated with your husband who loves you or would do anything for you if you just let him know. That man would swim the Atlantic Ocean to do anything for you if you asked him to swim the Atlantic Ocean. He wouldn't even question it. He wouldn't ask for a wetsuit. He'd jump in and start swimming. I know the man. Mm. He's a great guy. He is a good guy. But she <clears throat> did not want to violate this immaculate perception of hers that he had to read her mind. So she, as long as anybody puts this expectation level in any relationship without clarifying it. So this is really in harmony with the last two segments. Yeah, it is. Because we're not, we're afraid to have these conversations. Um, here's a sensitive one. Sex in a marriage. Majority of people, and I don't know what the exact number is, but it's, it's a majority. After you've been married for 10 to 15 years, you stop doing that type of thing very often. And you never talk about it. Everyone's scared to talk about it. Most of the couples in this office they're scared to talk about it. Why? Because they don't have emotional intimacy. How can you have physical intimacy without emotional intimacy? Remember, we're hardwired to connect. If we can't have the conversation because we got some sort of immaculate perception going on in our brain, it shuts down. It doesn't. So I would question, do you love the person more than you love your expectation be? Ooh. Mm. Oh, that's good. But I, I, I don't know why we want to hang on to our expectations like as if they're the cherished family members. That sometimes but that's we do. our identity. That's our belief. That's yeah. our narrative. That's, that's what my mom that's... taught me was what, you know, it's like, it's what, you know, there's the old ham story. Oh, yeah. You know, it's you got to cut off the ham. It's, it's a tradition. <laughs> it's how you always do it. You got to cut off the ham before you put it in the pan. And, and, and it has no rhyme or reason. Right. And we will hang on to things that really are not of worth. So I had, People a, are worth. I had a couple, we'll call them the Smiths, Ralph and Gertie. And um, this is a couple, they're out of state. They've been married for 40 plus years and they could not seem to get along. And uh, so what, what we did is um, we started having them talk to each other about their moods before he would come home from work. So she's a stay at home he had a, a, a job. And what we started doing is created a five-point measuring system on what would happen when he got home. Because the, the history was 
he'd come home from work and she'd have a set of expectations about what she wanted it to be like. He wanted to just clear his mind for a minute from the, the, the hustle and bustle of work before he was able to do anything and settle in. And that's not unusual, right? So he'd come home and she would not have any expectations met. And before long, she was kind of a firebrand. She would get real excited, real angry at him. And the whole evening would be completely sabotaged. And he had no idea what hit him. He was completely clueless. So this is what we did. We set up a five-point system. One, so, okay, before he drove home, he'd get in the car from work or he'd call from his office. And he'd say, okay, honey, I'm leaving work now. And, and they got good at this for a very short amount of time at work. And he said, where are you right now? And where is not a geographical location? Where was a number? One to five. Emotionally, where was she? Where are you emotionally? So number one, <laughs> number one, don't come home. Keep driving. <laughs> I'm not in a good mood. Number two, it's been a rough day. We probably need to talk about it. Number three, pretty neutral. You know, everything is all right. Number four, I feel great. Can't wait to see you. Number five, just go straight to the bedroom. Everything's going to be great. Okay. That's wow. Yeah. So that was their numbering system. I'm not making awesome. this up. <laughs> so for about a month before he'd go home, he'd call. He'd get on the phone. He'd call. I'd say, honey, how you doing? And as a general rule, it was rough right in the, the two and the three level. But that gave them a chance to talk. But he also was able to say, well, I'm having a, a two day, you know, or I'm having a one day. I need to go to the gym and play pickleball or something. But they were talking to each other before they ever got home. So it made a more efficient method for them to be able to recognize where each other were at and give voice so that yeah. they could dismantle all of this crazy expectation. You remember Dr. Stanley from a couple segments mm -hmm. ago? What they're afraid to do is to communicate. Yeah. So let me just put you on the spot a little bit, TJ. Let's go into that space where the wife wants you to read her mind. How, so if you're the one who's having to read the mind and you know you're frustrated because you can't do it, what advice would you give to someone to how to give you information going forward? So if you're the receiving end, what would you want your wife to do or to say to help get away from the ambiguity of communication? Just, honey, I've said it a million times, right? Be specific. What is it that you want? Because and we've had these conversations. We are a communicative family. So it's not like we... It was a learning curve early on. It was a learning curve early on. And so it was no big deal. But I just told her, be specific with me. And I would even apologize. I would say, I'm sorry, I can't read your mind. I would, I would embrace the fact that she had that belief. And soon she realized, okay, it's, this isn't going to work. And she was willing to change, right, to help be a little bit more specific. Every once in a while, it'll slip in, but she'll recognize <clears> that <throat> doesn't work for me. And I'll remind her, that doesn't work for me. If you wanted me to do that, make sure you tell me that, because that didn't even cross my mind, you know, kind of a thing. But one thing I've said in my seminars for years is, you want more, in this context that we're talking, if you want more happiness in your relationships, lower your rules, Lower expectations. So that's your expectation. word. Yeah. That's or, my word for expectation. Like clean Which, up, uh, clean uh, up the B's and be aware of the A's. Yeah. Well, a, a is what's always been. Ben. The B is and, being and clear. And I'm saying lower some. Uh, if you're looking at the A, the history. The A is just what's always been. It's you, always been. You don't change lower, it. Just change this. 
Change your right, through perceptions, yeah. right? Change the expectation, right? Lower them in a sense. Because um, sometimes I think we set up so many rules in our world, expectations on other people and so forth, that we, all, we set ourselves up for failure because people can't meet those rules. Is it really a problem with them or is it a problem with ourselves? And so uh, a breakthrough for people could be, you know what, I'm gonna judge a little differently. I'm gonna be a little softer in my judgment. What if we even went to the point is I'm not going to judge. Um, so I see these rules at work offices, by the way, cubicles and, and have a new person coming in, there's gonna be a, a set of unwritten rules. Totally. I don't want it this way, or you can't do this, or you can't put your apple up here, don't eat at your desk or whatever. Right. Well, you don't know about it, but then everyone's getting ticked off at the new person who isn't aware that they just broke a social norm. Yep. And because no one's talking, because we're afraid of, of having conflict in the space, and so we avoid it at all costs. Okay, I'm gonna throw in a wrench on this. Given our last two segments, we talked about the conditions of satisfaction you had going into dating. Yeah. What if you're out there dating and you have your set of conditions of satisfaction, but you're so frustrated because nobody's perfect enough? Yeah. Would this be a case like a TJ situation where you maybe to read to reevaluate those? It's not that you don't have rules, but that you need to align them in a realistic way. That's a great point because no one is perfect. And I didn't meet all of his. I didn't meet number totally. 17. But... Uh, yeah, and I tried how to many? There was 21. Or... I was about 20 no, out no, of 21. I, I had I had more than that. But the point of really? it is, I actually tried to sue your dad over 17. I know. I, I was spherically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. Number one, I had a rule. So let's break that down. Yeah. At the time when I was dating, mm -hmm. I had a rule that maybe you don't have to be perfect, but like you guys shared, we had to generally and closely align with each other's values. So even though I saw this as I was dating her and she saw those things in me too, right? It's not well, a zero sum game. <laughs> yeah. We look beyond those, right? Don't major in minor things. We didn't major in those little things because we looked at the higher values of where we wanted to go long-term and, and, and we lived and we move toward those, and we work through these little things. You, the you both make a valid point, and I get this often in the office, where the expectations are set beyond reasonable yeah. uh, mm -hmm. abilities to meet. So when I work with people on their conditions of satisfaction, we want them principle-based. So a couple of yeah. my conditions of satisfaction were, and remember, 17 was more of a joke than anything. It's just, well, it was when you could compromise on Yeah, and I was willing to, which I did, um, because that's just not, it wasn't inside the space. But here's and, and it's, you know what's cool about it is when I do catch a ball or whisk something out of the air, you're like, whoa, that was impressive. I don't have to go very far to impress you with my eye right. coordination. Because it's always <laughs> a surprise I do get excited. You because you have no expectations. So it's very neutral, right? Yes. <laughs> and you sound very accepting of this. So that's an awesome trait for you. <laughs> you're like, hey, I, I'm with TJ. You are very, you're the best sport. I mean, you're, so you're a total sport. Yeah. yeah. You're the best sport on that. I have low expectations for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, low so yeah. I'm equally surprised when I can catch a ball. And imagine if you could apply that, not you, but a person could apply that. I have low expectations on that eye hand coordination. What if you could expect, what if you could put that into play in all areas of your life? 
Imagine how more happy you would be without being littered with rules for everything. Well, and I think that's where, because I know we're wrapping up here in a yeah, minute, yeah. but that having that balance of if you're feeling frustrated, this is where you need to go evaluate. Look at your expectations and make a shift. And go inside and base it on principles. Don't base it on some highfalutin societal uh, perception yeah. of what it's supposed right. to look like, because that will always get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. Hollywood's the last place you want to go Amen. to find principles and happiness. And it, and if you're running with a Richard Himmer set of conditions of satisfactions to go out in the dating world, and if you're bumping into frustration, you can reevaluate those too. But it doesn't mean you throw them all out. Don't compromise principles. Right. Reevaluate what they are. But remember, mine were on. For example, I wanted to be able to have deep conversations with you. Okay, that's a principle-based issue. There are people who can do that. But if I say, I want someone to have eye-hand coordination so my offspring and progenitors will play pro ball, okay, that's not exactly Even though what... you did wish that. Well, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they all turned more amusing, they're like, this is all your fault. <laughs> I, I just got thrown under the bus. <laughs> I didn't exactly say it that way. No, I was I kidding. I said, thanks to you. Because you have this gift, I don't. <laughs> right? So if they could sing, it wasn't me. <laughs> so, all right, we, we need to wrap this up. TJ, takeaways from today's conversation. No, I think this is really good. I mean, let's uh, be aware of our rules. Make sure they're based on true principles or consistent proven principles. Um, and I think communication is vital. You've got to you've got to have communication. Where do you stand today? Where are you at in this moment? Yeah. What do we need to talk about? And then give space for that and time for that without being defensive would be a key point to that. Good. And that's the neutrality part, Sherry. Mm. Well, I just I really like how the balance plays into this, um, and 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 don't fall in love with your own expectations mm. because because then you are you're turning your heart away from people and towards ideas and and they're not going to sustain you with happiness when we fall in love with our expectations we call that projecting mm -hmm. we will project on others how our deficiencies and claiming that they're doing it as well yeah and that's that's a really inverted um, maladaptive expectation that even is worse than the expectation itself so thank you everyone we really appreciate you listening um, this is Authentically You, and we look forward to the next segment where I will have TJ with me. My bride needs to go. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, a real fun subject that you and I have gone over a, a number of times. And so that'll wrap it up today. Thank you so much for listening to Authentically You. Um, we've been with Sherry. I've been with Sherry, my wife, and TJ, who's been a, a very willable host here. I thank you for that. So we look forward to talking to the next segment where it's just TJ and me, and we're going to be talking about our narratives and positive affirmations, kind of a long-going um, discussion we've been having. So we'll see you then. Doubt is a broken record that plays inside my head. Try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day. These never ending worries falling on my sleeve. So many times now I was The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at myhealthpolicy.com. Meet Larry. 
he likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.